Welcome back to Sprinkle Hope Podcast with your host, Jason. And we have an awesome guest, Greg Ballard. He's with us. He shares a similar last name. And so, you know, naturally we love the guy. Um, and so he, he's a CEO of a consulting firm. And he talks a little bit about just being a leader. And I really think that that's useful information for everybody. Um, you know, becoming a better leader is, is the, the, one of the ways that you can grow through this life and getting leadership and having him talk about that was just a fantastic discussion. And we talk about his business and what he's doing there, but really that what he gives at the end is fantastic advice for anyone. So please listen into this episode. Uh, really, really enjoyed this discussion and we feel like we have a new friend. Welcome to the Sprinkled with Hope podcast. Welcome to Sprinkle with Hope podcast with your host, Jason. And we have an awesome guest because he shares a similar type last name, Greg Ballard. And we're so happy to have him on. Greg Ballard is the founder and CEO of 5C Consulting, a boutique firm based in Washington, D.C. Metro. His company works with a diverse set of clients ranging from mid-sized tech companies, large government agencies, military and nonprofits, to radically improve strategic people, investments, and organizational performance. And, and that's the kind of stuff that Shane and I like to talk to is about personal growth and development and getting better about being great people and pivoting in, in your life. And so that's going to be our conversation today. So follow along with us and, and we'll just start out, Greg. So uh, talk to us a kind of a little bit about what you do um, a little bit more in detail. I know that was kind of a small snippet of what what you probably do on a daily basis, but just kind of walk through us on what, uh, what a day in the life of Greg Ballard is. <laughs> uh, well, Jason, Shane, thank you for having me. And uh, it's a real privilege and honor to be here with you guys. And so thank you. Um, so 5C, so we're a consulting firm. We have, you know, a number of, a handful of people behind us, we're growing. Uh, and so what I do and where I add value is in one space, but we have others that kind of shore up. And so our, as, as a consulting firm, we are in the people and talent strategy space. We do individual organizational development, change management, and we've started to break into some HR support services as well. Uh, but those things go beyond my expertise and my ability, and they go into our team. So for me, um, I, uh, I've come up in the people development space. So before this, I was in full-time ministry. And I've taken what I learned there in a large multi-site church context, uh, just pouring into people, helping people to identify, you know, what their design is, what their gifting is, what their strengths are, and to channel that to make an impact. Well, in that, in that incubator, I've now kind of come to the marketplace to say, okay, you know, how can you do the same thing in, in, a, in a workplace, you know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What is your purpose? What are you passionate about? How can you align that as an individual? And then for the organization, we like to teach managers and leaders and executives how to tap into the individual's potential and desire and their own interests to connect those to their business goals. Because when you could take someone's 
personal mission, personal um, uh, agenda with their, their self-interest, if you what they want to achieve, and you can tie that to a business goal, you have a, you don't have to worry about inspiration and motivation anymore. Mm-hmm. They're automatically engaged in you achieving your goal because you're, it's helping them achieve theirs. And so that's some of the work that we get into and we can get into some granularity or, or pick on, click on something if you're interested. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you did before to get you into this, but you answered that. So do you still do the ministry part of, or have, are you totally out of that space altogether? So I don't do it for pay. Um, that was my full-time life. And now, okay. I mean, obviously faith is still very important to me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm centered around my faith, mm-hmm. but I'm not in the inner workings of church world or church leadership. Um, not, the, not at this point. And, and that may change at some point, um, but I, I don't think I'll be doing it for pay at all. That, 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 that I think I've, I've shifted away from. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I think faith for Jason and I is very important as well. So I'm just curious about that. So um, tell us a little bit about how, how are you doing this training now? Or is it virtual training? Are you, are you able to meet in person? How does the training look for you and your company now? Yeah, almost everything is, is virtual. Um, it's even, even before that, a lot of what we would do, especially one-on-one would be either through zoom or over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases we would come in and do a program or, or something if we needed to, it, it all depends on what the need is and what we actually have to achieve. But most of what we're doing and need to do can, could be done remotely. Um, in some cases you want to be in the room, you want to be there because you can get a lot more uh, sense of what's going on when you're actually in person. And so we're looking forward to things opening up. Uh, they've already started to around here and we're, we're, we're kind of excited about that. That's awesome. So I did see, you know, that, uh, that you do talk about, um, pivoting in your life and your career. So let's talk about that a little bit and how, how does one, you know, cause I, we know what pivot, right. So we're moving or changing the direction of that. So how does one change that or pivot, uh, their, their life or, and, or their career around? Hmm. Um, <clears throat> in my experience, few pivots are intentional. Uh, sometimes they can be like, you can say, Hey, I want to turn. I want to, I want to actually, but more than not, people end up pivoting because life has come up and they need to do something different. Something in life has just shown up and now you're going to make a hard right or a hard left or whatever it is that you want to do. And so for us, it was geography, employment, friends. So it was everything. So we shifted everything all at once. And uh, I don't know that I would recommend that um, as a, you know, a volunteer thing if you have the choice. Uh, we went in freely you know, but coming into a new place, no established network, no foundation, uh, really not even knowing what we were going to do. I mean, we had the idea of a plan, but that plan, I think we ex, we, we jettisoned the plan within about 60 days of, of relocating. So, but it's, it's about getting really clear on what it is that you want to do. Uh, what it is, how, how you want to have value. I think for me, this process has helped me to, to, to uh, get a much clearer sense of who I am. I thought, I mean, I, I thought I had a pretty clear sense before, but I think I've got even 
a clearer sense of my values, of who I am, and how I want to show up in the world. And so it, it, to answer your question, Shane, I don't think there's a cut and dry answer to how does one pivot? I like to break things down uh, with a little critical analysis, little first principles. You have to ask some questions. Well, what are my needs? What are my, and you bring up Maslow's hierarchy, you know, what do you, what do you need for psychological safety? Okay, how are you going to achieve that? And so we relocated to young children. And so first thing was that I came down, I scouted a place to live. I found a place where we, my family would live. We had, you know, some basic essential finances to get us going. And then from there it was, okay, I need to build a business. I need a, a, a business model. I need a network. And then, and that's where it just grew from there. Um, and so I don't know if that kind of sparks any conversation, but that's be my initial thoughts right there. You got to look at what is it you need uh, and then how are you going to achieve that? Put a plan in place and, and then keep moving forward and keep iterating. Something I was thinking about was you, you've been in, you were in ministry and you felt like you knew who you were. And you just mentioned that now what you're doing, you're, you're discovering yourself more. I'm curious, why do you think that is, you know, you were in ministry and now you're in, in leading your business. Why do you, why do you think that is? Um, I was it because there's always facets of yourself that you're going to discover. And so if any of your listeners are in their 20s or 30s, you know, look, there's more to you than you realize at this point. OK, um, that's just the reality. And and some people are not very self-reflective. I tend to be a very self-reflective. In fact, many of the people I've worked with, my coaches, therapists, mentors, counselors, they they routinely commented, Greg, your self-awareness is 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 a little above average. So I'm I'm a little more self-aware. Um, that's what I've been told. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm cool with that. I want to be, um, but it's also intentionality because you can, you can rack up the years and really not be aware as well. And so it's that self-reflective process. And I think as we get into different situations, you learn different things about yourself. So I spent, you know, a couple decades in a particular, uh, for lack of a better term, industry field community, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I got to learn about how that community perceived me and reflected back to me who I was and what I, you know, in that, and now I'm in a different environment and you get reflected different things. So it's kind of like you get to see different angles of yourself when you show up in a different community. That's awesome. I I love that. Um, I love how you, you know, self-awareness and showing up. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. So what do you, what do you think makes, a good leader and, and what's the difference between a leader and a follower? So a leader in the business context is somebody that moves things, moves other people. All right. I, I like to use a definition and, and I, I use two definitions, but they're really two sides of the same coin. And so a leader is going to move a group of people from here to there. Okay from the current state of being to a better state of being, okay? And, or a perceived better one, right? Because you can have some people that lead, right. but they don't take you into a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all about moving people. Now, another way, the other side of that is how effectively can you persuade somebody that disagrees with you to do what you need them to do 
without alienating them. Mm -hmm. So that's like a core, like that's the skill of leadership, the ability to persuade somebody to do something that they don't want to do without alienating them. And essentially that's how you, you move people the way they think you move them from here to there. Uh, so that's leadership. And to me, anybody, everybody's a leader. You could be a leader of yourself first. Yeah. You can't move yourself from where you are into a better place. Um, don't get up and try to talk to anybody that they need to move yet either. Okay. Start move yourself first, demonstrate that. And um, I mean, that's, that's the essence of it. And, you know, you don't want to comp, I think sometimes people want to take leadership and they want to make it into this really massive, complicated thing. Uh, and we really focus on just keeping it very, very simple, moving people from one place to another and your ability to persuade people to do things that they didn't want to do, but you, without alienating them. So it's like, you can't, um, extort them or bribe them, uh, to do it. You've got to use critical thinking, use your communication skills, use logic, use persuasion to show them that this is the better course of action. Yeah, that's awesome. I was going to ask that question. You answered it again. So I was just going to ask you, how do you do it? But you answered that. So. Greg, what, what are some things that you're most excited for in the near future that you're working on? Oh, excellent question. So one of the things that we're hearing a lot about um, as we're coming out of COVID and, a lot, and, and people are reaching out to us to say, hey, how can you make us, you know, how can you help our organization be more adaptable? more resilient, um, you know, the term agile comes out, but agile has some connotations, agile project management, mm -hmm. you know, being agile, you know, and so this is what organizations are looking for right now because they, we just got hit with a pandemic, completely disrupted everything. And now people are wondering, okay, well, how do we manage this? Because the economy is gonna be constantly moving around. The market's gonna be constantly moving around. The rate and speed of change is, ex is exponentially increasing, and there's no breaks on that. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get AI. We're going to get 5G. We're researching 6G already. So speed of change is going to be a constant exponential increase. So how do, we, how do we help our organizations and the people in our organizations adapt okay, to this? How do we prepare them? And this is a space that I think we feel extremely well. We have a methodology, technology, and some experience to do exactly that. And to break it down for you very briefly is if you have a strategic goal or you have um, you know, what we'll call a meta behavior, say, say we want to increase psychological safety in your entire organization. Across the, maybe you're a global organization, you have huge scale or you, you know, or it doesn't matter, big, big or small, you know that psychological safety is going to become the foundation for enhanced communication, enhanced collaboration, building trust, and being able to move and pivot quickly as an organization. So what we'll do is we take that topic, that subject matter, and we design it into a program where we chunk it down. And this is all relevant to your exact organization, your environment. So we're going to find the buzzwords and the issues that we need to address for you. We chunk it down and we take those chunks and we, what we do is we thin slice those into what we call um, leader-led conversations. And so we, we build a module that will, will show your people managers, your leaders, how to conduct and host a leader-led conversation one hour, once a month. 
and on, on this theme of psychological safety. And we'll, we'll show you guys how to do all that and then we'll launch that program. And then you begin to have these conversations with your direct reports and you'll get feedback. And then we give uh, a handful, three, four, five specific behavioral commitments that anybody coming out of that conversation can say, hey, I'm gonna spend the next month and I'm gonna work on this particular behavior. For one, it might be, um, be creating greater awareness between an expectation and an agreement. So just bringing up awareness around what are expectations and what are agreements. And then a follow on after the next month might be, I'm going to pursue to build more agreements and, and, and reduce the number of expectations that I have. So now you see how we're shifting. We're moving from this kind of broad expectation-based organization where all of my interests and my things I project on you. And when you don't show up with what I expect, I'm disappointed. Instead of that, we're going to shift to, hey, I need you to do X, Y, Z. Can you agree to completing X, Y, Z by such and such a date? Um, actually, yes, I can, but I'm going to need to drop A and I'm going to need another I'm going to need two more days. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fine. And now you have an agreement where somebody can take ownership of what you just assigned them. And then we move to keeping our agreements and having agreements on conversations. And so through this process, through this thin slicing, these leader-led conversations and these behaviors that we begin to measure through our, our technology, we begin to measure this, we can actually monitor and manage the change across the organization. And we get the feedback and we can roll that up all anonymized. So it's not, you know, names are not tied to comments and stuff like that. But at an executive level, you get to see everything that's really going on in your mm -hmm. organization. And so there's been studies that show uh, executives are probably aware of maybe 4% of the problems and the issues inside an organization, or I know they've privately confessed, we probably know less than 1% of what's really going on. <laughs> yeah. And so it, this system, this process that we offer allows um, these organizations to really get in touch with their entire organization and have the feedback loops. And then secondly, we're also leveling up the psychological safety inside yeah. the organization. And so then we add the next conversation. Okay, well, how do we take that and build it into trust? Okay, great. How do we have productive conflict so that we can actually get the best ideas? And, and once this is built in, you now have the infrastructure and the ecosystem. We just need to create a module and then boom, within about two, three weeks, maybe four or five weeks, the entire organization can pivot the way we need to pivot. And so this is one of the most exciting things that, that I'm talking about. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, companies right now need to have that, especially CEOs, right? They, where you say they may only know about 1% of what's actually going on. Um, and they need to really know, get a handle on what's going on, what is happening, um, throughout the organization. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's awesome that what you guys are working on. Um, so really right at the end, Shane and I, we always ask these two questions. We call it the double down dose. And so are you ready for these awesome <laughs> questions? Yes, I am. Let's go. <laughs> so, so our, our podcast is called Sprinkle with Hope. And so all of our stuff is based around hope and moving through to, to the future. And so what is your definition of hope or how would you define hope? 
how would I define hope? Hope is the belief that something good is yet to come. And as a person of faith, I have hope in not only tomorrow something good is going to come, but at the even at the end of my time here on this earth, there is something really cool yet to come. And so that's how I would define hope. Awesome. That's very cool. So uh, we also broke down hope, the acronym hope, H-O-P-E. We, uh, it's, for us, it stands for heart, overcome, passion, and enough. And how would you define passion? Passion is that raw energy that makes you go delusional. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so when you find you're passionate about something, it's, you're delusional. You, to the rest of the world, you're delusionally obsessed um, with something or someone. And yeah. I That's awesome. That. Yeah, I love, <laughs> I that. love it. it. It's so interesting. Shane and I have gotten so many different answers to just these two questions. And we've asked a variation of them. Um, you know, we just kind of based on what we want to ask it, but we have kind of a, a few that we like to ask. And it's so interesting just hearing the different uh, definitions of what people think about, uh, you know, hope and passion, obviously. And that's, that's two things that we're, we're passionate about <laughs> delusional about. Yeah, delusionally, delusionally obsessed yeah i love but, it so greg you talked about your your consulting firm how can our listeners get a get in contact with you or now can they follow your journey yeah yeah so they can connect us right through our website 5c so f-i-v-e letter c dot consulting um, or they can send me directly an email uh, greg at F-I-V-E, letter C, dot consulting. Um, or they can follow us LinkedIn, Instagram. That would be the place to check us out. Awesome. So just, just before we wrap up here, Greg, is there anything that you'd kind of like to just leave our listeners with as we, as we sign off here? Any last kind of parting words or advice that, you know, just what would help our, our listeners today? It's never too late to learn something about yourself. And it's never too late to learn something new about the world. And so, you know, whether wherever you are in your journey today, if you're frustrated, if you're confused, you know, this is normal for a lot of people. We, everybody goes through a phase like that. And there is hope you can learn something. You can discover something about yourself. You can discover a new skill. Just identify something, step in and you know, dive in and learn something. If you, if you looking for feedback about you or how you are, find a mentor, find a coach, find someone that can give you kind of really unfiltered feedback uh, so that you can really see how you're showing up. Yeah. Great words Fantastic. of wisdom there, Greg. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate your time and your wisdom and uh, best wishes to you and your, your moving forward. Awesome. Uh, Jason, Shane, thank you so much for having me. An absolute privilege. Thank you, Greg. Have a wonderful day.